school is in session. Lesson number one. You're on the joint. When you walk into a room, you want all eyes on you. You want everybody in that room thinking, hey, who is that cat? Second, you always look like you got everything covered. Chicks like to think you got all the answers. When exactly was it that you passed away? Why? Well, that's just sort of old-fashioned thinking nowadays. Hey, now work for me, it's gonna work for you. I guarantee it. Now watch. What you made me view. Look what you made me view. Look what you just made me view. Look what you just made me view. Look what you made me view. Look what you made me view. Look what you just made me view. Look what you just made me view. Well, hello everybody. Welcome back to Look What You Made Me View. I am Ryan. And I'm Kaylee. And this is a podcast where we show each other our favorite movies from our childhood, our uh, teenage years, our uh, early adulthood. I mean, come on. It, it, as long as it's significant, we're going to share it. Mm-hmm. So this week we watched The Heavenly Kid, and all I got to say is uh, let's skip the burgers and just get it on, okay? <laughs> so yeah, I, I, I had several quotes I, I wanted to use for this, but that's seemed a good apt, one. seemed apt so we can get into this. And that's kind of the theme is um, we've done a lot of bonus episodes and we've been pretty active with the podcast and we decided to take a break to go uh, every other week. Mm -hmm. And I also want to focus, or we decided to focus a little bit more on content. We made some just baller, beefy episodes, just big old bonus episodes. Yeah, I'm trying to put all the B's in here. Either way, we had some content y'all and we could have cut some fat i think and that's the intention here uh moving forward Mm -hmm. boing boing (laughs) all right recreation so uh in honor of that let's get moving i'm ready for it i have so much to say about this movie (laughs) first and foremost i want to start by saying great pick seriously yeah like this is what our podcast is all about oh my god this this movie could qualify for a lot of different casts i think and uh this one just happened to be a gem in my pocket yeah uh the heavenly kid 1985 comedy slash romance yeah i guess that, that, yeah uh a fearless and suave greaser bobby Whoa. fantana lewis <laughs> smith dies in a drag racing incident and finds himself in limbo realm now not the the drag racing incident that you and I would hope for. RuPaul uh, did not say sashay but away, but he did. Remake welcome. <laughs> uh, advised by a guy named Rafferty, played by Richard Mulligan, who uh, I know him from Empty Nest. Uh, Bobby eventually must go back to Earth and serve as a guardian angel. Bobby's assigned teen, Lenny Barnes, uh, who is played by Jason Gedrick. Uh, a bright but nerdy kid who is lacking self-confidence and too shy to ask his dream, ask out his dream girl. As Bobby teaches Lenny how to be cool and confident, the two form a close bond. And lots of stuff buried. Oh, and, yeah. You know. But we'll get into it. I, I feel like that's a good little teaser. I suppose. Yeah. Yeah. Uh, um, that, yeah. It's the VHS. The back of the VHS. It's perfect. Yeah. yeah. It would get me interested in the film. Oh, the cover doesn't? Are you kidding me? <laughs> Jesus Christ, the cover. So after our last podcast so, episode, I looked up the cover. And I got to be real. I, I was not optimistic about this. 
<laughs> I wonder why. The cover is a guy in a greaser jacket and jeans. Mm-hmm. Basically, you're a classic James Dean type, but uh, pulled into the 80s. And um, he's got angel wings, full-on angel fucking wings. Um, he's in the sky, and it just says the heavenly kid. And he's just uh, got his hands out, like, incredulous. Like, hey, well, what's going on here? Hey. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. Um, Lots of uh, greaser vibes. If you had to describe this movie to your best friend, now, hey, Ryan showed me this movie. I loved it. Uh, you know, whether you do or not. Uh You have to sell this. How are you selling this? I got to sell this. Okay, so I would say, hey, there's this movie. It's starring, I'm assuming, a close relative of Jerry Seinfeld. Uh, He is an angel, and he has to help his son be cool by sending him to a drag race, (laughs) Which, which also coincidentally killed him. Yeah. Yeah. Okay. That's my elevator pitch. I don't think I want to see that movie based on that. <laughs> no, no, I'm not sure. I, I don't want think it. either either really sell this movie to me. So, gosh, where do we start? Let's just start with what what's going on here. There. Right. Well, I I want to know why did you pick this movie? You know, holiday season's coming up and everything. We just ended a, a really huge election. Like, why now? Oh, why this? The timing is mostly based on when the movie came out. Okay. I'm choosing the movies mostly in sequence of when they came out and when I experienced them. Oh, girl, I'm not that organized. Oh. I mean, no, I mean, I wouldn't say that they're like, they're certainly not month to month or anything like that, mm-hmm. but even year to year, I might do like an 86, then an 84, then an 87, then an 85. Okay. You know what I mean? But it's going to be somewhere in that, um, within a few years. So, um, there's that. Okay. I think I remember this being something you would like i the the layers of it um the touch on the afterlife i thought this would be intriguing to you so um just kind of moving forward in the podcast and going through the timeline it seemed uh seemed apt right uh, i don't think it's relevant to anything culturally at all no uh, but let's dig into that a little bit um i'm a huge fan of the alien uh franchise and we just watched Prometheus. I just threw it on. I've seen it a, a dozen or so times. And I, I, despite what the critics say, love that movie so much. Oh, the critics say you don't? And the, the critics say it sucks. And I say we got beef because it's great. Uh, uh, <laughs> <laughs> Kaylee doesn't really love it. She's, uh, she's seeing it wrong. Listen here, you critics. It's so good. <laughs> Um, Critic character played by Ryan Beverly. See here, you dame. It's such a good movie. And from watching that movie, we launched into a conversation about, like, uh, of course, uh, the themes that appear in the movie, God and afterlife, death, the meaning of life, etc., etc. And these are all very fascinating topics to anybody. But I also have expressed that I have a seriously deep religious background Mm -hmm. that I'm not attached to anymore, but um, it's still there. You know, it was there for my entire childhood. So it's very difficult to ignore. Um, This movie brought up so many of those themes for me. Yeah. Right. Because it's not, it's not religious, 
but it borrows religious themes, and I enjoy that a lot. Um, I wouldn't call it not religious. I would imagine people are buying into a Christian narrative when they watch this. Well, no, because this is not how this works in the Christian religion, right? Yeah, but there's so many interpretations of how that works in the Christian sure, world. Sure, sure. So, I mean, there's just the entire spectrum of interpretation, honestly. Right. So I, 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 I wouldn't say that it's strictly based on scripture. No, of course not. It's not stricture. Stricture. Damn, that doesn't work at all. But it is very like, uh, I don't know, like... A secular person. Uh, it's, it's supposed to be palatable for all. Yes. Yeah. Yeah. Um, which is great coming after First Kid, which is very apolitical. Yeah. Like, they want it to be palatable to anybody, regardless of what your political oh, beliefs this, are. No, this movie is that, too, because this movie, right. if I had to sell this to somebody, I'd say, uh, basically, every movie from the 80s. Yeah, because they uh, do everything. Take, take something, for, and not necessarily the best parts from every popular movie from the 80s, but something from every one of those fucking movies i mean we have time travel we yes. have our back to the future obviously uh-huh uh, so uh what else do we have going on here we have uh car racing uh enough said there we've got yeah. a uh dress-up sequence yeah, you got your dress-up sequence. Then you have your car mod sequence. Mm-hmm, um, mm-hmm, where they fix up the car. Yeah. Um, goodness. It's it just, all the cool yeah. elements that were Diners. in popular I movies. Don't, I don't know if I should call it a diner, but like Yeah, they try to pull joint. in like the James Dean element, you know. They're trying. They're double-dipping here. They're trying to go for like popular 50s stuff, 60s stuff, and 80s stuff. Um, the time travel is ultimately... <laughs> complicated i think because for uh we'll get okay it seems like you want to say something yeah i just have one question here why was the 80s so obsessed with the 50s like i don't get it why are why is this era so obsessed with the 80s i don't think we're obsessed with the 80s i think the current trend is very 90s and uh, there's like this weird sense of FOMO with that, I guess. You know, like uh, my generation. Well, no, not even my generation because I'm from the 90s. I think the two generations immediately after me have serious FOMO for the analog technology and the simplicity of living in the 90s, right? <laughs> we don't have social media. Which is fucking crazy. Which is crazy. Yeah, I'm telling you, it's way cooler to live right now. I'm dead serious. <laughs> if I didn't have social media, I don't think I'd talk to any of my friends. Yeah. And that's really, really sad to say, but like, you know, that's very honest. Uh, so I don't understand. Okay, to me... Now, I did not grow up in the 50s or the 80s, but to me, technology is really not that much different, right? Like, we got VHSs. Cool. Okay. What What is so great about the 50s that isn't there in the 80s? Right. Right. Like, cell phones are not a thing yet. Social media, obviously, not a thing yet. Internet is there, but it's not huge. I mean, cars. The is cars that, were cool. Then. Yeah, cars are really, really cool in the fifties and sixties. But like, I think eighties cars are cool. But whatever. All right, let's. I mean, come on, let's get into this because 
<laughs> There's not a lot of time to waste here. It's a pretty simple movie. Yeah. The, um, well, all right. Is he the main character? Bobby. Bobby? Yeah. Uh, we're, we're calling him the main character. Yeah. He, all right. He's in a drag race, dies, um, is sentenced to purgatory, basically uh, what they call the middle. What middle? Yeah. The uh, Yeah. But it's like Beetlejuice there. Yeah. It's so, very strange. So we come to find out that he's just got to be a guardian angel for somebody. So they assign him to this kid and they, you know, Rafferty, the guy telling the angel telling oh, him what to do. you mean the guy wearing a poncho on a motorcycle? Big boss. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. yeah. Big boss. Rafferty. Why? That's Riff a- Rafferty. That's a safety thing, right? Like I don't know. You should not be wearing this poncho. I think and it takes also, place of the wings or covers the wings or something. Oh, you know, I didn't think about that. Yeah. But he also puts the poncho hood up every single time he gets boss. ready to drive. Yeah. I don't understand. Yeah, he's, a, he's a snake. Okay, but when he's in this like subway station or whatever, I didn't fully understand that he was dead. I like I thought this was just like a flash to the future. Oh. And then like uh, it clicks, he's definitely dead. And we see like a bride and groom, we see a little girl, all these oh, people yeah. who like died. And it's really sad. I would love to freeze frame and just like look at each character and try to figure out how they died based on yes. what they're wearing when they died. Cuz there's like scuba gear in there as well. Do you think I mean, can you imagine that they thought that through at all, or did they just randomly? This is why I'm before? saying it's like Beetlejuice. Because they have an old lady. I mean, right. that's, a, that's a duh. Right. This is why I'm saying it's like Beetlejuice, because uh, you have, you know, But Tim clear... Burton would do stuff like that, where it would be strategic. He would kind of make you think, oh, how did they die? Exactly. Mm-hmm. Exactly. You have clear snapshots of what they were doing when they die, given like how they're dressed or what they're acting like. The old woman, for example, she's like asking for a light and she's got this really bad cough. Like obviously she, she died because of smoking complications, (laughs) right? Complications complications with, from smoking complications from smoking. And and that was her Facebook status before she died. (laughs) Complications from smoking. (laughs) It is complicated. He, is in purgatory and you see all these different people that go to what do they call uptown uptown middletown middletown uptown yes um the whole idea is these people in middletown have to do something um there is a fun line there when he has to get on the train and he says uh open this door there's a fucking viking in here (laughs) Um, right like his car crashes and he dies before he can say shit but mm -hmm. then they just let him say the f word yeah very complicated yeah um censorship here uh so yeah that was you know meant to imply that he could be in there for a while there's a viking in there but uh which i thought was fun kind of yeah it just sucks that he had to sit there for what 20 years on a subway uh, I guess, but who knows what that feels like to him? Exactly. Yeah, this is why it's still like Beetlejuice, yeah. you know, because they're uh they're in the in between. Yeah. For what I, feels like five minutes, but really it's been like years when they get back to Earth. Like the whole time he's talking to Rafferty in mm-hmm. the bar, which says, um, "What is it like? 
always open or no 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 it's, oh it says we ne- never close we never close yeah so that's that's important because of something that comes up uh when they move to reality but um yeah so i thought that in that moment time was actually moving quicker you know we're actually skipping some time because i've seen this before so i knew that okay. we were gonna have a time jump here yeah. so i was trying to like put that together oh wow they're in the afterlife maybe time is moving quickly but then they put him on the fucking train so i'm not i'm not actually sure right right uh, is he on the train because he's speeding through time what's happening for all i know it could have been however you know 20 30 years yeah don't get it yeah. but that's oh cool. it's got to be what like night 18 years right 17 18 years oh yeah because it's, yeah. oh man yep. because it's his son yep yes okay now spoiler I yeah dog um, yeah, so then he's sent down to Earth, and I think it's really cool that we immediately see this burger joint, and it says, always, always open, open. Mm-hmm. whereas the in-between, the Middletown diner says, we never close. Yep. So, fun connection. Then, this is the scene where he picks the person, or he sees the person he's supposed to be the guardian angel for, and um, Rafferty tells him, you know, he's chosen for this because of his certain skills and what are they oh my god as soon as he said it i'm like what the fuck could those skills be combing his hair and apparently it's just getting pussy like it's (laughs) not even something strategic it's not even something like quantifiable like it's it becomes so much more complicated when we find out that this is his son he is teaching oh my god yes how to get the so I'm not God say has that, but co- how to get laid. God has co-signed this motherfucker to come through and give his son swag. Seriously. Like that is the contract here. Who is this God? <laughs> Where he at? It's um Chris Brown. <laughs> <laughs> um okay, but there's a really fun moment like in the Middletown diner that I just I got to touch on. This guy's stunned face incredible. When Bobby is like trying to get out of the in-between diner and he keeps like going through the door and cycling through, he has this expression that is like middle school theater stunt <laughs> face. <laughs> it's great. Yeah. Yeah. Bob, Bobby, uh, you, you kind of hit it. He's got this Seinfeld thing going on. Um, yeah, making some faces. I'm not sure why he's the epitome of cool at all. No, he just, I don't get it. He looks like a slightly cool Seinfeld. Um, and his hair is tall, oddly tall. Yeah, the guy from Happy Days, you know who I'm talking about. Uh, Fonzie? Yeah, Fonzie, the Fonz. Yeah. Thank you. Um, yeah, I think they just went for that vibe. Like, that's Oof. the only vibe that exists yeah. in the um, early 60s, by the way. We don't have an exact year that he died. Right. I feel like this guy would have remembered what year he died. But instead, in the beginning, it just says the early 60s. Do we get any anchors for time at all in this? I'm not sure that there's anything anything specifically that anchors us. No, because let's talk about that. When uh, they get back to Earth or whatever so he can meet Lenny, it just says the present. And I think it's wonderful that we don't do this in film anymore. We just say year 2010. Uh, whatever it is yeah we don't say the present anymore or you know 2000x or something yeah Yeah. exactly yeah Yeah. wow um i could have used some time in some place but we do get that it's fort lauderdale that's great (laughs) 
that doesn't help with the time and place thing either. Even if you had some anchor, <laughs> it would almost feel. Um, it's like the distance. the anchors that they do give us are totally worthless, and they don't give us what we actually need. It's mostly cars, right? I think right. just the models of cars are kind of uh, where we would uh, pull a timeline from. Yeah, that's all they really care about. Is this <laughs> movie made after Greece? I'm going to assume yes. Oh, yeah. Yeah, okay. I just Kool-Aid manned you. Yeah, you did. I liked it. <laughs> uh, so we were watching this, and we thought that Lenny was the kid from The Wraith uh, that plays the little brother from The Wraith. I'm a rant for a second about this, okay? Yeah, okay, go for it. It's not so, him, though. It's not. It's, it's not, not the kid from The Wraith. But very early on into our dating, you showed me The Wraith because I had never seen it. And now here we are, X number years later, and you're showing me The Wraith again. It's the exact same plot. Isn't it great? <laughs> <laughs> No, no, it's not. Well, it's not okay. As my mother would tell you, mm -hmm. I watched this and The Wraith all the time. So why? I I need to know. Well, like, what wa is it watching about it, this? Because uh, I did think about that pretty frequently uh, tonight while watching this. Um, I think the music choices in combination with the action. I think there's something to the dynamics of music to the visual. Mm, okay. uh, because they're playing some like pretty thumping themes now. Oh, was th the music in this is tragic at times. It's really, really sad. Some yeah. of this music, but at other times it's working for me. Okay. That's all I can say. Now, uh, the kid that plays Lenny is not the little brother from the Wraith, but he is the kid from Iron Eagle. Speaking of music, the music is jamming so hard in that it's just like it's all about him putting on music and being a badass like he's not cool until he puts cool music on so that sounds like an awesome movie i i have never heard of this well it's coming up oh, okay cool okay <laughs> and i just sold it to you yeah i'm sold so, nice elevator pitch I'm here good we with go it. um i did like lenny i thought he was a very likable character yeah yeah thoroughly enjoyed him um, and we see like right off the bat that he's kind of dorky. He's into poetry. He's reading Shakespeare. Okay. I'm kind of for that. I think that's great. This sounds like, like, am I, what is her is name? Is this not a perfect movie? Because I don't know about any of that. I didn't pick up on any of it. I feel like this is one of those like Happy Meal movies. Oh, dang. No. Okay. So future, um, future I moment in the movie when he gets into a fight with the Biff character. His name isn't Biff in the movie, but I don't know what his name is. The Biff character picks a fight with him and he, uh, Lenny smacks him over the face with his Shakespeare textbook and oh, he yeah, says, yeah, yeah. thanks, Bill. Yeah, that was I loved cool. it. That was very cute. So I just, I just came up with a term, Happy Meal movie. Happy Meal movie? A movie that appeals to both boys and girls. Oh, okay. In subtle yeah. ways, subtle enough ways to where you don't notice that it's appealing, like that is a play towards either side. Okay, so I saw this movie as gender training. Yes. Allow me to explain. Which is exactly why this theory works. Um, so we see that Sharon sucks, 
right? Uh, she is, uh, I'm going to use their terminology, a loose woman. Um, she's not, she's sexually active. She's Wait, incredibly sexually active. Who are we talking about? I'm talking about Sharon, the... We're, we're, we're just now talking about Sharon? We're just now talking about Sharon. We're 30 minutes in, just now talking about Sharon. All right, so here's Sharon. Sharon sucks. She sleeps around a lot. We in, we immediately get that. And I'm talking about gender training here in that we, as the female viewing audience, no, we don't want to be Sharon. We don't want to be loose women. We don't want to be sleeping around. That's the message that we're supposed to get. We're just supposed to be like the humble, hard You want to get to that point girl. before we talk about Sharon? Okay. Because <laughs> we have not Sharon. set Sharon up yet. God. What a mess. What a mess of a person. <laughs> You're defending Sharon no, before we even talk about I, totally Sharon. Totally not defending. I'm just saying, like, if this is a Happy Meal movie, here's what the female perspective is in this film. That's all we get is, well, we get the mom, you know. Uh, let's talk about Sharon before we get to the mom, because that's a whole nother basket. Uh, the phrase isn't necessarily applicable to this. It, I realize this is a thing that some people try to do when they make movies is to appeal, you know, in a pandering way. Like, you know, something that's like kind of patronizing. It's the way that Disney has started naming their princess movies, yeah. like one word instead of after the princess. Right. Like Frozen, Tangled. Mm -hmm. That way it can be gender neutral. Right. Right. Do we want to talk about Sharon now? We're going to talk about Sharon. Because Sharon is meant to be the love interest of this kid, mm -hmm. Lenny. Uh, and it makes no fucking sense whatsoever. Lenny's got a really super cute friend. Yes. Uh, what's her name? I don't know. This is Doesn't your matter movie, because, not mine. Because the friend is so hot. Like... Oh my God! But Sharon, <laughs> what the fuck, dude? They talk about Sharon over and over and over again, like Girl's she's something basic. But she is liberated. To your point, liberated house. So. She does whatever the fuck she wants. She fucks whoever the fuck she wants. You know what? Yes. Yeah. However, that is presented very negatively. I don't see it that way. Okay. Fascinating. Yeah. I, I mean, I think it. In the 80s context, yeah, it probably was. But, uh, you know, that's that's the conundrum of, of this. Or not the conundrum. But it's, mm -hmm. it's part of the issue of um, I, reconciling. This is something I watched years ago and really liked as a um, younger person without experience. And it's like, I still like it, yes, but I, I kind of like it for different reasons. But I can see why I would give certain things a pass then that i'm not willing to give a pass now do you give sharon a pass now um that's kind of what i'm saying is uh i see her differently now um back then i probably uh, i may have perceived her as loose okay and that's why lenny wouldn't want to be with her anymore my problem is not looseness like i'm all for that that's great whatever i think the term loose is is pretty fucked up but yeah but it's, that's kind of the, I mean, that's the context. Yeah, of it's film. more about like the power dynamic, right? So we have an exchange of power uh, from the bully to 
Lenny. Lenny now has the social power. So Sharon also swaps. She goes where the power is, right? That's That has nothing to do with her sexual uh, lifestyle. It has nothing to do with that. It's all about who she is as a person. Her sexuality does not matter to me whatsoever. Okay. You know, I don't care who she's sleeping with. The problem is the power exchange. Okay. Do you get what I'm saying? No. Okay. I don't know. I don't know how to better explain this. Uh, Lenny now has all the social power. Okay. Right? Yeah. So Sharon just follows suit. She okay. is a jellyfish. Right, right, right. She's just going wherever the stream points her. Yeah. I've got a problem with that. You okay. know, that's that's not cool. Like, have an opinion. Do you actually like this guy? Are you attracted to this guy? Does it matter? Does it not matter? That's That's the problem that I have with this character. Absolutely nothing to do with her sexuality. Like, go get it, girl. Do what you want to do. Kaylee, she's not that about that, though. Okay. You know what I mean? Like, her, when you see her at the party, even though he's the shit and the number one dude, and she, as you say, like, she's just kind of chasing, star fucking, mm-hmm. as it were, um, she's fucking around with other dudes at that party. Yeah. She is dancing with every dude at that place. This lady gets down. She's window shopping. Right? She might be window sucking. I don't know. Wow. I don't care. Wow. I don't know or care. She it's her prerogative, windows. Bobby Brown. Um, I'm just saying, like, it, that's, I'm saying she's a liberated woman the way I see it now. You're, you're throwing some <laughs> completely different things at me because I see it like she's taking charge. Uh, the old dude is passe. It's not about a power thing. Mm. He's passe. There's nothing interesting about this dude anymore. She's moving on to more interesting things now. And she was probably fucking around on that dude. We don't have any backstory on any <laughs> no. of these fucking people. No. So as far as I know, she's jumping ship all the time. Right. And, and it's it's up to her, whatever. But for him, let's get back to the point here, Kim. Seriously. For him to lust after this woman, she is not cute. <laughs> Belted sweaters. Oh, I know boy. it was a whole thing in the 80s. I don't give a damn. Belted sweaters. So this movie, if anything, has an affinity for blondes. Yes. And they pick, they want you to focus so hard on every blonde woman in this movie. Regardless of anything beyond their hair color, mm-hmm. they want you to see them. Except for the one with the boobies. There was the one with the boobies. Yeah. And they were, you know, pretty clear that they wanted the ghost to look at the boobies. Yes. Kaylee, this movie is weird. <laughs> it's got so much booby. And now we're talking about blondes and boobies. Yes. Because it's the 80s. Yeah. And that, that oh was my God. just what it was, right? But there are very, like, every um, counter... What, what do you call this? What do you call this character that's the woman in waiting in all these fucking terrible narratives about some guy lusting for the wrong woman and then you know what, what do you call that character i don't know the ophelia the woman in waiting whatever ophelia. that works um the robin ophelia quivers yes wow wow every single one of those types of characters is way more attractive than whoever the person is lusting after right 
Lenny's friend, so cute. It doesn't work. It's kind of like Biff's commentary on hereditary and how none of the fucking people look like they're related. You're just <laughs> negating your whole premise right there from the jump. Okay, but hold up. Uh, do Lenny and Bobby look like they're related at all? Lenny and Bobby. Only the dark hair. Yeah, I'm going to say only the dark hair. No, and, and then nothing else. Literally nothing else. Yeah. I mean, I guess they have strong facial features because I will say the other thing is most people are not attractive in this movie. There's really like Lenny. I don't even find Lenny attractive. And Lenny I'm not, is just, you know. Um, I'm not attracted to Lenny. Right. That's not to say he's not attractive. That's just to say I am attracted to no one in this film. He's got that 80s look, I will tell you. He's That's why he got, he landed roles like Iron Eagle and all that. Yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah. Yeah, but Bobby is um, a train wreck. I feel like he, that's intentional, though. He's he's archaic in every aspect. Right, and maybe I'm just so incredibly unattracted to that. I thoroughly enjoyed the bit where um, Bobby is trying to teach Lenny how to talk to women. And none of it's working because all of his ideas are incredibly archaic. Which brings me to the fault of the whole premise. Okay. You need you would need to go back in time to be helpful as some sort of sort of Cyrano uh, for a Cyrano esque situation. Yeah. Um. You, going forward in time, you are at a disadvantage now to try to woo women 40 or what, 20 ish years beyond mm -hmm. your time? Mm -hmm. Kaylee. I thought the major plot hole was actually when there was food in heaven because why? But yes, yeah, sure. We'll make that the secondary plot point Wait, that just doesn't make any sense. Excuse me, what? <laughs> There's food in the, the Midtown Diner. Well, why? Well, okay. That's just to keep people um, stable. I would imagine you'd still be comfortable with eating. Like you'd stress eat and you'd want the flavors and all that. You know what? The only person I would trust from the past to tell me how to live my love life would be like Sappho. Who the fuck that is? Sappho? Who? She's a, a very famous Greek lesbian poet. You don't think some greaser from the 60s is better than that? <laughs> no. No, I don't. No, well, no, 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 no. that's what you would get. No, I'm going with ancient Greek lesbian poets. But no, I, you know, I shouldn't judge too much, but it does seem frail, the, you know, the premise of like going to the future to help somebody. God, it makes no sense because he has 0, 0.0 wisdom in comparison to his son. He's not that much older than his son. I he don't ultimately think. just compels him to be more um, uh, spontaneous and uh, to take more chances, to take more risks. And then that ultimately leads to him doing the same fucking thing. Right. The exact same thing. Yeah. The drag race where yeah. he is supposed to die. And to see that walk. Yeah. Okay. So then the real question here is... Who is actually teaching who? Because I have this grand theory. I'm going to get... Who saved who? Who saved who? Who rescued who? Oh, I love those bumper stickers I mean, so much. I like to think I saved Jesus. <laughs> Ryan, <laughs> get off your soapbox. <laughs> um, seriously. He's got that little, like, who saved... Who, 
who saved who bumper sticker on his uh, vehicle in heaven? Yeah, I imagine. I imagine he drives a 1950s Corvette. Is that what Jesus would drive? Yes. Whoa. 100% yes, because he old school. Okay. Um. Okay, I want to get into I this. I think Jesus is probably really hardcore waiting for Brad Pitt to show up. Why is that? He wants a buddy around with him. Aw. Yeah. I bet Brad Pitt would be a good buddy for Jesus. Imagine how cool they'll look riding oh around God. that Corvette you mentioned. Yeah, but Jesus won't wear leather because that's That doesn't murder. matter. That's fine. That's fine. Yeah. That'd still be really cool, though. Yeah. I'm picturing them in the Corvette together. It's it's beautiful. Looks good. Yeah. Um, I want to talk about this for a second. Who saved who? Right? Mm-hmm. Um. Bobby, that's his name, right? Bobby? Yeah. Is Bobby sent to save Lenny or is Lenny there to help Bobby get into heaven? And I have this crazy theory here. Um, I'm going to dig into my own personal beliefs for a second. Okay. Because this is a podcast about us getting to know each other better through the movies that we like. Right. I have this crazy theory, right, that like Earth what we are currently existing in is like what prepares us for heaven. You know, it's kind of like mixing this, this Buddhist idea of reaching enlightenment. And that's when you go up to heaven or whatever with like, uh, all the Christian stuff that I grew up on. So my thought here is, Lenny is currently experiencing that existence where he is going through everything that he needs to go through in order to reach his enlightenment and to go to heaven or whatever that is. And a part of that is helping another person get into heaven and helping them reach their enlightenment. So my theory here is Lenny is actually helping Bobby. Bobby is not doing anything for Lenny. As evident by the fact that Lenny almost drives off a cliff and dies <laughs> because of Bobby. Yeah, but I'm I'm very familiar with the 80s mentality of going through the hardships to learn the lessons, like the firsthand experience rule, basically. Yeah. You're not going to learn until you feel it, basically. Right, right. So I feel like your interpretation is beautiful and retroactively exactly like what I'm saying, I look at this movie differently now, going through some things, and I think just the time period we live in, uh, we're going to look at this differently. But totally, um, that's there, intended or not. I, yeah. Well, they're helping each other. Yeah. Or Lenny is helping Bobby. I'm sticking with it. Bobby. Is I think not they're helping, helping each Lenny. other. Ultimately, I, I think it is a mutual thing because his his life was so short. Bobby's life is so short. Mm-hmm. Um, he needed some sort of um, molding into something honorable and some recognition of empathy and all that. So, yeah, that I mean, yeah. Because Bobby is incredibly selfish. Both. He is so incredibly yeah. selfish. Big time. Like for his, quote, honor, he needs to do this drag race. Yeah. And his girlfriend... Um, <laughs> the mother from Malcolm in the Middle is begging him to not kill himself, right? And she's even like, I love you. And he doesn't yeah. say it back, the motherfucker. And he drives off a cliff and he dies for his honor because he's a selfish prick. Yeah. 
Well, yeah, he wanted to, and he even explains it later um, about the time that he, you know, he waited to get out. He's like, oh, yeah, you know, I, I was doing the thing. And then he realizes, oh, I never jumped out. Yeah. So he, he saw the guy and he's like, oh, I still have plenty of time and I'm still, I still stayed in there. He was egotistical. So I think you're right. It, it is, um, and, and the movie is poignant in that way. I mean, there are things that are really, really significant here. Sure. Um, but there's a taste of ageism there, right? Fuck yeah. Uh, Bobby didn't live long enough to be a decent person because all uh, people 18 and under are dicks. Uh, is that Aren't they? what we're getting at? <laughs> oh my know. God. I will say last time I was at a, uh, I'm just going to call it a sandwich shop. Last time I was at a corporate chain sandwich shop, I was wearing a Tom's t-shirt and the cashier was this really young kid and he read my shirt and he's like, oh, what's Tom's? And I'm like, there are these shoes. And he was like, I'm just going to quote him. Oh, I was zero days old when I learned that. I'm like, what, what is this nonsense? Oh, yeah. my God. I felt so old talking to this child. It's all right. It's all right. Uh, anyway, ageism. <laughs> Are we to believe? There's ageism in this film. Yeah, yeah. I, I totally agree with that. So... This movie ultimately comes to a head when we realize that um, the <laughs> the kid is his. Yeah. The mother is the girl that he was with, you know, in the drag race. And the dad is the guy he lost to. But the dad is not the dad of the child. She was pregnant with his child. Right. And they got married anyway. He okay. confronts... Okay, so... So much. <clears throat> There's so much going on here. He's not supposed to reveal himself, and I hesitate to say it that way, but he's not supposed to <laughs> show that he's there uh, to anyone except for the kid, and then he does show himself to the ex-girlfriend. That is the weird moment right there i mean that is where everything just changes i think what's so much weirder here is immediately after bobby dies and everybody runs to the edge of the cliff to confirm that he is dead the girlfriend jumps into her current husband's arms and starts crying yeah we should have touched on that um, i would have been like no get get away from me this guy just died. The top of this movie is fault. is really funny to me. I, I was laughing my ass off the whole time. Solid music, though. They they double take the car falling. It doesn't just fall <laughs> and you see it fall. They show it back again. I think in slow motion or yeah. Excuse me, excuse me. Slower motion, I think. And then yeah, she turns to the other guy that won the race. And just gets in his chest, like, yeah, I'm all, yeah, I'm all yours now. You won me. And then to find out that they end up married and with two kids. It's bizarre. It's, it, it's like Fist bizarre. of the North Star, except right. she's complacent. But if nothing else, it just shows that this guy, um, the guy who won the race, um, loved her so much that he was totally okay with the fact that she was, one, pregnant. Two, uh, grieving. Yeah. They make that point that he's a good guy. 
and but I don't, it, it reverses everything in no way. <laughs> I don't necessarily get the idea that he's a good guy. I just get the idea that he is a steady guy, right? Because they make it very apparent that he is not attractive and that he has gross habits. Mm-hmm. Yeah, I don't... It seemed like she wanted to fuck that ghost. I mean, uh, yes. Bobby shows up as a ghost. Or, I fully you know. thought this was going to be some weird, crazy movie yeah. in which the son gets Fuck it on ghost. and the mom gets it on yep. in the same movie. We did not talk about what the virginity scene with Sharon. Oh man, that was Guys. sad. Oh, that was so sad. All right, we'll take it back. All right, we'll talk about that. Let's uh, get into. Our favorite parts and least favorite parts. Okay. Because I think we can transition our sharing issues here. Yeah. What is your favorite thing about this movie? Oh, God. It's hard to pinpoint down to like just one thing when there's so many crazy things going on. If I had to absolutely pick out of like the five different things that I would love to talk about. My favorite thing is the end of the movie when Bobby is on the escalator and he's going up and this actor is doing the hardest work he has ever done in his life. This elevator is long. (laughs) It takes forever. The credits start rolling. He's going to heaven, Kaylee. And he has to... <laughs> I don't know, where, I don't know what, what you're... I mean, he has what to the act. hurry is here. He's right, going right, to right. heaven. What's the hurry? Right. He has to act through this Imagine whole entire that. sequence. And he looks back at um, oh, Rafferty. Is that his name? Yeah. Yeah. He looks back at Rafferty a couple of times just to give himself a little break from the camera. And yeah. then his head turns right back around and he's right back to being like happy-go-lucky. So your favorite thing is the end credits where he just... Hardest work this man has ever done in his life. That, yes. Yeah, okay. Yeah, it was very enjoyable for me. Music, again, totally solid. It was like a baseball player that uh, was auditioning, or not auditioning, but uh, had, had to stand there for like the media coverage that they get like you know you'll see the guys just kind of moving their head around smiling and like catching a baseball as they talk about them right. yeah it was kind of like that yes that's a great way to put it actually yeah. that is hard work yeah i hadn't <laughs> thought about it like that but yeah that's that i would argue that's harder than a tableau you know like play sure. dead all day that's fine mm-hmm. that has got to be hard <laughs> work yeah that's my favorite um what did you not like about it then <sighs> Lord. Did you just AR-45 me? I did. You just want to go thing? <laughs> I burped. Um, least favorite thing is when Bobby and his not-girlfriend walk into their high school gym, and she goes, where are we? And he says, it's our high school gym. And I'm like, girl... You went to this high school. I know. And you are not that much older. He takes her on a tour throughout like their history, which couldn't have been more than a year or two, right? Yeah, seriously. How long were they fucking dating? Okay, but like maybe they grew up together or something. That was what I was thinking. Kaylee, isn't this tragic? Like, they, they these two people raised a child together and now this ghost uh-huh. shows up. 
18 years later? Yes. And I fully expected them to get it on on that gym but floor. But no, I, I'm so glad they didn't. But to make matters worse, they have that really awkward dance scene where Bobby puts his hands on her shoulders. It's like, it's, oh, a, yeah. it's a role reversal, they right? Like dance, but he does like uh, the, you know, what the lady would normally do with the hands on the shoulders near the neck. And then he, yeah. or she's got his... His waist. waist. It's cute. It's cute. Ryan, I want to dance this way with you. Will you be oh, the woman God. in the dance, <laughs> please? I'm really confused by that scene. Yeah, no, I, I just hated the whole entire thing. The second they step into the gym, I'm like, no, 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 no. Complicated. No. Very complicated. It's not great. It's not great. Yeah, uh, that uh, wraps it up. That's my favorite and least favorite. What about you? Well, my favorite thing was... All right, everybody, I'm happy for you. I'm going to let you finish, but this video is the greatest of all time. The greatest of all time. Drug. It's such great heights by the Postal Service. Very chill. Of course. That's my favorite musician. That's Ben Gibbard singing. Uh, Yeah. First thoughts. What did Uh, you think? Relaxing. Yes. Um, I kind of spaced out on it. I'm not sure that I understood what was happening fully. Um, But super relaxing. Yeah. I don't know. I, I I tend to listen a lot to mm-hmm. things now. I, I'm in a phase in my life where I'm um, really focused on sonics and things, and um, that distracted me a lot, which is kind of a compliment, but also a disservice to the experience. Because um, I found myself following what they were doing with the production techniques in the audio. Um, but yeah, uh, I would say... If anybody wants to just kind of space out and be in space without being in space, yeah. uh, this is a cool video for that because they're in a lab. Yeah. <laughs> in space. But it, yeah, I mean, it's uh, it, it could be anywhere, but we're all in space. It's kind of a metaphor, I think. Right. Yeah. Um, this music video is stark. And I enjoy that a lot. There's a lot of motion. There's a lot going on, but it's, you know, it's nothing. It's all mechanical. It's all like very precise. And that makes it so enjoyable to watch. You see these objects going inside and outside of other larger objects. And there's something incredibly relaxing about that for some reason. Just watching a constant smooth motion. Totally. It's very relaxing. It's very nice. Yeah, that was a vibe. I, I think it's a very nice, cohesive effect uh, with visuals and audio here. Um, the story—is there a love story here? Because I kept—I get getting a sense of it, but I, I couldn't right. put it together. So exactly. uh, the song, yeah, it's obviously a love song. Yeah, yeah. Um, but 
Which was, I mean, that's why I assumed. <laughs> right, but I've never been fully convinced that it's a love song to a person. I think it's more a love song to a moment. And I'm going to okay. argue that the music video supports this idea. Okay. So, uh, it's uh, the lyrics are, uh, everything looks perfect from far away. Mm-hmm. Right. So, everything just kind of disappears when you're in a really, really enjoyable, happy, perfect moment. Right? So, everything looks so perfect. Because everything else is so far away from you, that moment. You are perfectly encapsulated into a perfect moment and nothing else matters, right? So I've always thought of this more as a love song to a perfect moment, more so than a love song to a person. Wow. So the music video kind of backs up this theory in that we see perfection we see perfect mechanical motions we see very relaxing very soothing fluid motions in outer space Mm -hmm. right you can't get any more spaced out than outer space right um yeah so so they're stuck in this like perfect space but then we see two human beings within that space and we're not sure exactly what their relationship is but we get the impression that the guy has feelings for the girl. I don't know. Did did you get that impression? No, no. I mean, yeah. I I I felt like that was what they were trying to convey, but I couldn't tell you what happened to convey that. Right. You know what I mean? Like they just put what seemed to be a guy and a girl in spacesuits near each other. Yeah. So I assumed that was a love story based right. on what I was hearing lyrically and thematically and musically. It all seemed to, you know, kind of have some romantic element to it, but also just, you know, an interconnected thing. Uh, it was definitely a, a universal vibe. So I, I felt like the aesthetic was so appropriate. Right. I think this music video is the reason why I like Interstellar so much. Because Interstellar <laughs> has so much of this. Yeah. Yeah. At the top, there's some really cool nods to um, old school sci-fi too. I, I think, um, yeah, this is this is fun. Yeah. It's a perfect amalgamation of everything I'm into. It's sci-fi. It's mm-hmm. Ben Gibbard. It's... Uh, strange music and it's very satisfying imagery. It's perfect. Yeah. Word up. There you go. Thank you for sharing this moment with me. Oh, well, thank you. For I feel like this. I'm talking like an ASMR uh, podcaster after watching that. I just feel so relaxed now. Like if you suffer from anxiety or depression, I highly recommend this music video. I am not a doctor. Not a doctor. Um, but yeah, no, I, I have suffered from anxiety in the past. And I will say that this music video really helps me personally. So try it. Why not? It's great. And it's good music. <laughs> and I love it. There you go. It's pretty chill. Yeah. Go get yourself delivered by the postal service. <laughs> anyway, back to the show. Boy Drug. Oh, well, yeah. <laughs> so my favorite thing, um, my favorite thing is actually 
the fact that this movie is so many things. Uh, it it okay. takes all these different things from the 80s. There's fucking Beverly Hills Cop music in this movie. What? No. Um, really? I mean, it's not literally that movie, that music, but oh, uh, it is very much a version of that. It's meant to sound like that. And um, I don't know. I don't remember if it plays during this. I think it does, but they're kind of doing a montage and there's this, there's also a nod to punch out on Nintendo when they're <laughs> riding the bike and he's kind of running with him. Mm-hmm. Um, but yeah, they just throw in so many different things. I cannot imagine um, this being made by somebody that doesn't have some sense of what they're doing here. They have to intentionally be doing all these things because to me, they're pulled directly from what they sound like or what they look like. Right. Uh, my They're framed the same. My everything. question then is, I want to think on this. I want to think on what movies are currently coming out that are doing exactly this. Well, I mean, Tarantino, we know does he oh, does that yeah, but with that's, intention. That's obvious because he but, does a lot of time pieces. But right? that, yeah, his references are uh, more often uh, like more obscure than this. Uh, these are pop culture references, video game references. Right, and that's that's more what I'm talking about. Yeah. You know, what movies or shows are so chock full of pop culture references. But I think even the punch out must be, ref, you know, a uh, reference to like Rocky or something. So who knows? But I love that. I love that it's pulling so many of the good parts yeah. of things that I love. Yeah. Just, a, it was a fun movie to me. Um, I think it's, it's funny to see things like the boyfriend with what looked like uh leather shoulder pads on his shirt, <laughs> jacket, whatever the fuck, the, the, whatever the fuck people are wearing in this movie is just ridiculous. Particularly that boyfriend though. Mm-hmm. Uh, he, I don't know what those clothes are. They don't fit any time period either. Really? I, cause I was wondering, I mean, I know that belted sweaters was a whole thing. Mm-hmm. I know that double collars was a whole thing, but the rest of it, it just seems so clumsy. Yeah. I'm not sure how much thought actually went into costume design here. <laughs> Have to agree. Yeah. I, I can't I can't think that anybody competent put effort into this. <laughs> so that's your least favorite thing? What? The clothing? No. My least favorite thing is the whole, uh, ob- you know, if you're going to objectify people, I think you should have objectively attractive people. Uh, <laughs> this is fucking crazy. This movie Whoa. has like some weird ass looking people in some scenes that we're supposed to get boners during, I think. I don't know what they're trying to accomplish here. Well, hey, all bodies are beautiful. However, I do want to say it was uncomfortable how they handled um any moment of sexuality in this film it was very uncomfortable the way the uh ghost bobby is making women bend over for stuff oh here you go my least favorite thing they the ghost dad gets this kid to fuck and it's like it's done so casually and he's there the dad is there Bobby is just hanging out outside the car, smirking. We're watching this thing, and Kaylee comments on how she's dressed leaving for the date. Uh, Sharon, of course. Sharon. Um, Because she's Sharon that pussy. 
Oh, is um, that intentional? I don't know. See, this is what I, I wonder love sometimes. love it, yeah. Uh, but yeah, she is, it looks like she's in jammies. Yeah. <laughs> she's about to go to bed. Tank uh, top and some, some shorts. And she makes that comment. Yo, fuck the burgers. Let's get it on. Yeah. Um. So yeah, that happens. And then the, they drop her back off and that's it. Like... And then she, you know, he's supposed to pick right. her up in the morning. This is all optics. All this whole relationship is optics between them. I don't like that either. So yeah, I mean, his goals are fucking terrible. Uh, which is why I'm glad you introduced the idea of this duality of of morals here, uh, or at least the duality in the sense that they're both learning something. Yeah. Yeah. Because they have to be, right? They are the two protagonists. I'm going to argue they're both the protagonist. So they have to develop the protagonist some kind of way. The father-son-tagonists? No. no, that's a fantastic least favorite thing about this movie. The objectification of women is definitely up there for me. Um, but I feel like I have talked a lot about the objectification of women in these movies that you've been showing me. So I don't know how how much I need to beat that dead horse. It's obviously gross. Yeah. <laughs> okay. If I were to put this on. Yes. And just kind of vibe out and go on a nostalgia trip, watching it in the living room, maybe show it to Nora even. Mm-hmm. Uh, you going to watch with us? Uh, I would watch it with you. Yeah. Why would you watch it? It's fun. It's really fun, and you don't have to think about it, and you probably don't want to think about it, because if you do, you realize this is a movie about a father who gets his son laid, and that's gross. Yeah, if you want to simplify it, this movie is pretty atrocious. But if you don't want to think about it, it's very fun. There are a lot of cool bits in here. That's kind of what I'm finding about these movies from my childhood, is like ultimately they're trash, but... You know, I pulled these uh, these nutrients, whatever was there, I pulled it. And this is why I'm saying this is such a good pick. Like, this is our podcast right here. Talking about these movies that are incredibly complicated, but they're putting out this very simplistic story. Just like Sharon, they're putting out. <laughs> oh, Sharon. Oh, Sharon. Fucking Sharon. Sharon. Um. <laughs> I've never met a Sharon that I like. I'm just going to put that out there. Um, I'm sure there are nice Sharons out there, but all the ones that I've met are awful. Can we get too many emails from Sharons? Please. please? Sharons. All right. So thanks for sharing your opinion there. <laughs> I would uh, like to know what you are doing to me next time. <laughs> What what are you viewing to me next time? Okay, so uh, we're stepping into the holiday season, which I am overjoyed about. Yeah, we'll see you in a couple weeks. Okay, yeah, yeah. In the right around season, Thanksgiving. Yeah. And I mean, there aren't a lot of Thanksgiving movies out there, so I'm kind of cheating a little bit. I'm going to make you watch You've Got Mail. Okay. Yeah. That's holiday themed? Uh, yeah. Yeah. We'll watch it and you'll understand okay. when we watch it. I will understand. Well, looking forward to that. I'm so excited because I, I really do enjoy that film. It's going to be fun. Cool. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Thanks for listening, everybody. 
You can check us out on Instagram and look what you made me view. And you can s- send us too many emails at look what you made me view at gmail.com. I Sharon's. Mean, Sharon's, let us know if you are nice. Wait a minute. If you're Sharon, anything, in, if the word Sharon is in your email, send us too many, too many of them. Share, <laughs> share too many emails with us. Hey, Sharon. Wow. Share an email. Thank you so much for joining us this week. We are so excited to talk about You Got Mail. We're so excited to do some fun holiday episodes. Hopefully, we're going to have some more guest episodes, maybe with John, maybe with some new guests. Very possible. We're very excited. Uh, Stay up to date on our Instagram page at look what you made me view or send us too many emails. We are look what you made me view at gmail.com. Yeah. Thanks for hanging out. Bye bye. Bye bye. Mm hmm. Boing boing.